Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast, the podcast that brings you the latest information on breast cancer research, treatments, side effects, and survivorship issues through expert interviews, as well as personal stories from people affected by breast cancer. Here's your host, BreastCancer.org Senior Editor, Jamie DiPolo. Hello, thanks for listening. Today's guest is Dr. Shirag Shah, a radiation oncologist and director of clinical research for the Department of Radiation Oncology at the Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Shah received his bachelor's degree from Youngstown State University and his medical degree from Northeast Ohio Medical University. He completed his internship and residency at William Beaumont Hospital from 2007 to 2012 and joined the Cleveland Clinic staff in 2015. Dr. Shah serves as a reviewer for various medical journals and is a member of various medical societies. His primary research interests are breast cancer, sarcoma, prostate cancer, lymphoma, and innovative radiation treatment schedules, as well as lymphedema. He has participated in numerous clinical trials. Today, he joins us to talk about specific characteristics of early-stage breast cancer that make the cancer more likely to come back, which doctors call recurrence, as well as what can be done to lower that risk. Dr. Shah, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So let's start uh, by talking about types of breast cancer recurrence. I know recurrence can be local or it can be distant or metastatic. Can you explain the difference between those two types of recurrence? Sure, absolutely. In terms of recurrences, when we talk about local recurrences or what sometimes what are called local regional recurrences, these are recurrences that happen inside the breast or in the lymph nodes in close proximity to the breast. And so when we look at these types of cases, we want to make sure that the cancer, if it has returned, is only returned on the breast, the chest, or in the lymph nodes, and we call that a limited local, regional, or local recurrence. On the other hand, a distant recurrence is cancer that is spread beyond the breast or chest wall and the, and the lymph nodes in close proximity and gone elsewhere, most commonly to the bone, um, but sometimes to organs such as the lungs, uh, the brain, or the liver. It's also important to recognize that these recurrences can happen together sometimes, such that a patient who has a local or local regional recurrence can also have a distant recurrence, which is why when patients develop a local recurrence, we'll often check to make sure there's not cancer elsewhere. Okay, thank you. Now, are there statistics on each type of recurrence per year, at least in the United States? You know, unfortunately, there's not a great perfect set of numbers. The risk is very much dependent on the type of breast cancer and the stage. So for example, when we talk about local recurrences, if you take a patient who has an early stage breast cancer with favorable features such as estrogen positivity, small size, the risk of recurrence after a lumpectomy and radiation therapy at 10 years is often less than 5% within the breast or within the breast and lymph nodes. On the other hand, if you take a breast cancer that's maybe a more aggressive breast cancer, same one that does not respond to estrogen, has a larger tumor size, maybe even an inflammatory breast cancer, even after surgery, radiation therapy, and chemotherapy, the risk of recurrence still may exceed you know, 15 to 20%. With respect to distant recurrences, again, it's very much based on the type of cancer and the stage. With early stage cancers having risk of distant recurrences less than 5%, and more aggressive cancers having risk of recurrence more than 15 or 20%. Well, that, that's a perfect lead in to my next question, which is these characteristics, as you spoke about, 
that make the risk of recurrence higher for certain cancers. So can you talk in more detail about each one of those and, and kind of what they are? Of course. So when I talk about risk factors for recurrence, I tend to break them up into clinical risk factors, meaning things that are you know inherent to the patient, as well as potentially what we call tumor-related risk factors. So in terms of patient-related risk factors, the most well-known and well-studied is, is young age. Um, and typically, younger patients tend to have higher risk of recurrence, both locally as well as distantly, regardless of the same type of uh, tumor uh, status. So that's always one we look at and one we counsel patients on. In terms of tumor factors, um, some of the most important ones we look at for recurrence include estrogen receptor negative status, tumor size, and in some studies, things like tumor grade, meaning how aggressive the tumor looks under the microscope, or the presence of lymphovascular space invasion, which is a fancy word for basically tumor cells being seen in, in the blood channels as well as the lymph channels. Um, also, the presence of having cancer in the lymph nodes can be a risk factor for recurrence, uh, both in the chest, breast, lymph node area, as well as distantly. And when you said that a uh, patient's young age is, confers a higher risk of recurrence, is that just because the person is expected to live longer as opposed to, say, somebody who's diagnosed at 40 versus somebody who's diagnosed at 75? So it's a, you know, it's an interesting question. And for the most part, we think it's probably independent of the, how long they're going to live. And because if you look at the rates of recurrence at five years or at 10 years, you know, they're still higher for a 40-year-old than, say, a 70-year-old with a similar cancer. So it seems to be, you know, irrespective of a longevity phenomenon, it may mean a tumor genetics phenomenon. And a lot of these risk factors we've just talked about may actually be linked to the genetics of the tumor which is why you're seeing more and more testing looking at tumor genetics and its impact on recurrence for patients. Oh, interesting. So do we know yet to say somebody who has a mutation in a BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene, does that make the cancer more likely to recur? So those are a bit of a different type of mutation. So the BRCA mutations are typically thought of as mutations that the patients, within the patient's own genetics, what we're looking at now are the genetics of the cancer and saying what, uh, you know, for example, the cancer that the genetics may represent, say it's a higher risk cancer and therefore may derive more benefit from chemotherapy, whereas it may have a genetic signature that doesn't suggest a strong benefit to chemotherapy and therefore may not, the patient may not require chemotherapy. In the past, a lot of the patients had very pragmatic decisions on chemotherapy based on tumor size and things of that nature. Now we're able to actually look at patients' individual cancers through these tests and give them a better idea of what the risk and benefit of, you know, for example, chemotherapy is. I see. I see. Okay. Are there other factors? I'm thinking more specific to an individual person. So I know we talked about age, but do other medical conditions or diet, alcohol use, smoking, weight, do any of those things affect the risk of recurrence? You know, it's a question we're being faced with more and more in light of um, different studies being published. Unfortunately, there's no consistent data that really supports, you know, for example, a certain diet having an impact on recurrence. You know, there have been suggestions of alcohol use, but it's not a consistently demonstrated phenomenon. So I think it's something that bears um, further study to really understand the effects of health, diet, wellness on uh, cancer outcomes uh, and the potential, therefore, for patients to modify those factors to improve their outcomes.
Okay. And I know you talked about earlier uh, five-year risk or risk of recurrence within five years after diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I've read some studies that talk about a hormone receptor positive breast cancer maybe has a higher risk of recurrence, say 10 to 15 years after diagnosis. Now, is um, our studies looking at that? Is, is that an accurate statement? Yeah, so absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that we've seen is that patients who have estrogen positive breast cancers who are getting anti, you know, estrogen therapy, you know, whether that be a tamoxifen or uh, an aromatase inhibitor um, may actually have delayed recurrences. And what that means is that as um, clinicians, as well as researchers, these patients, when they're studied, need to have longer term follow-up to make sure that we are accounting for any potential late recurrences. So not only will this impact future studies, but it also impacts current studies and making sure we're following these patients who are estrogen positive for a longer period of time. Are there steps people can take to reduce the risk of recurrence? I know obviously there are medicines, that's why people are prescribed tamoxifen, aromatase inhibitor, if the cancer's hormone receptor positive, that's why people have chemotherapy after surgery. Um, Could you kind of go over those treatments, but as well, are there any things that people can just do on their own? Sure, absolutely. So I'll break that up into those two areas. So in terms of treatment itself, the number one thing I tell patients is compliance. You know, endocrine therapy, for example, you know, whether that be tamoxifen, aromatase, an inhibitor, is something that is not easy for patients to take, and it certainly can be associated with side effects. And we have studies showing non-compliance um, with those treatments. So first and foremost, being compliant with the endocrine therapy. You know, when it comes to chemotherapy, having a, a discussion with the oncologist about the pros and cons and understanding. Uh, from a radiation standpoint, understanding that radiation can lead to reductions in the risk of recurrence on the chest and in the lymph nodes, and even some data suggesting that radiation therapy can reduce the risk of the cancer um, spreading distantly, and so following recommendations with respect to that. In terms of long-term for the patient, I would say the most important thing is, you know, really what we call survivorship or follow-up care. You know, most recurrences, if they're local or local regional, can often be detected by follow-up imaging follow-up physical exam. Also, if any new symptoms arise that may suggest cancer spread elsewhere, letting physicians know right away so that imaging and potential biopsies can be arranged expediently. Those are probably the biggest things patients can do is being being aware, watching up, being engaged in the follow-up of their breast cancer um, and letting their clinicians know um, if anything doesn't seem right. Okay. I did read a study. uh, You mentioned survivorship and survivorship plans. The majority of people diagnosed with breast cancer do not have a survivorship plan to sort of follow, okay, I had radiation, now I need to, you know, follow any side effects of that. I was on chemotherapy, now I have to look for side effects, like maybe if I had been given Herceptin, I need to have my heart monitored because of that. Um, Where, in your mind, where should a person start if they've been treated for breast cancer? Is it their oncologist that helps them with that follow-up plan? Is it their general practitioner? Um, If they don't have one, where should they start? That's a great question. And survivorship is is growing more and more into the mainstream fold. So I agree with you. Unfortunately, not all patients are getting survivorship plans, um, but it's something that is becoming a focus. So from my standpoint, it should start with one of the patient's oncologists. So there are some patients, for example, who get chemotherapy and not radiation therapy, and some that get 
radiation, not chemotherapy, but but someone on the oncology team and in, in some institutions that may even be the, the breast surgeon or surgical oncologist. But one of those oncologists, depending on the patient's treatment paradigm, needs to take responsibility. Um, and usually programs involved with that will provide the patient with what's called a treatment summary. So they understand the treatments that they have received and they understand subsequently the survivorship visits that are followed with that. So a patient who may, for example, have a left breast cancer that got left-sided radiation and chemotherapy that may have cardiac complications may need to follow up with cardiology or cardiac oncology. On the flip side, someone who's taking an endocrine therapy may need to continue to follow for years and make sure we're managing any side effects associated with that. So I think first and foremost, it starts with one of the members of the oncology team coming up with a, a, a summary and then having a detailed follow-up plan. As the years go on, many of these things can be addressed by primary care physicians, but some things may require specialized follow-up long-term. And does the survivorship care plan, that does include monitoring for recurrence of breast cancer? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that whether that's a mammograms, if the patient underwent lumpectomy, or, you know, physical examination, you know, if the patient underwent mastectomy with reconstruction, it will be tailored to the patient's individual treatment. That's an excellent point you bring up. I do. I want to sort of focus on that before we uh, finish up. Sometimes uh, people, women mostly, who've had mastectomy think they don't need any monitoring of the breast area because they had mastectomy, the breast is gone, how could anything be there again? But it is a possibility, however small, that there could be some cells in that area, correct? Correct. So we know that even after mastectomy, there is a risk of recurrence on the chest or the reconstructed chest wall. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, many patients can have the expectation there's no risk of recurrence and when we see those recurrences. So they are uncommon, but um, it is something where if you've had a mastectomy or a mastectomy with reconstruction, making sure you undergo examination on a routine basis to rule out any recurrences in the chest wall or the lymph nodes is, is, is vital. Okay. And it sounds like from what you said, having a survivorship plan that includes monitoring of breast cancer recurrence is really the most important thing to reduce the risk of recurrence. Is that fair to say? I would say absolutely. Yeah. You know, being vigilant and making sure you're following up and, and being surveilled for any, any recurrences is very important in my opinion. Dr. Shah, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to the breastcancer.org podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To share your thoughts about this or any episode, email us at podcast at breastcancer.org or leave feedback on the podcast episode landing page on our website. And remember, you can find a lot more information about breast cancer at breastcancer.org. And you can connect with thousands of people affected by breast cancer by joining our online community.